Well, again, welcome to another episode of Leading from Alignment with our good friend, John Opaluski, and a surprise guest. John, why don't you introduce uh, our friends here today? Yeah, Jim, it's really great to be with you, and we're super excited to have back to the podcast uh, a good friend of ours, Josh Spurlock. Josh is the founder of My Counselor Online, and he leads a team of cl- clinically informed faith-based counselors. Uh, who provide uh, care for the body of Christ. Uh, he specializes in working with ministry families. And, and uh, so that's real near and dear to our hearts as well. And, and utilizing online uh, therapy as well. And uh, Josh, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us again. Hey, I always love hanging out with you guys. You know, the space that we get to co-labor in is really exciting and energizing to me. So we get to come alongside families that are on the front line and the trenches and seeing the kingdom advance and hold up their arms and encourage their hearts and really empower them in the work that God's called them to do. So it's a lot of fun for me to be with you. Yeah. Well, like John said, I think today's podcast really holds a special place in, in our heart, all three of us, because there's the thought that out there somewhere, there's someone that says, God, if you're real, if you're still real, I, mean, I believe you were, but if you're still real, if you're still there, if you're still listening, I need some help. And so we're, we're praying for those that are listening today. And Josh, maybe, maybe just to, to help us uh, to feel comfortable, confident, uh, you know, be, begin to weld that trust together. Tell us about you. Where, where do you come from? It's been several months, uh, maybe a year Probably since we had you last, but, but just tell us about you and, and maybe the perspective you're coming from in your ministry. Yeah, we've been in the, the COVID time warp, right? It's hard to tell. Yeah. <laughs> the days, months, years all kind of blur together. Yeah. It's hard to know. The perspective that I'm coming from is one of uh, being somebody called into ministry, going to a ministry training institution and, and kind of being equipped alongside other pastors and missionaries to go out for the field and then having the weird calling to instead of go out and plant churches on the frontier to open a counseling center and be a ministry of support to those who are in the pulpit and on the frontier and of bringing the gospel into communities around the world. And so we opened up the counseling practice about 15 years ago and have had a heart for doing just that. Now we get to serve around a thousand families a month that we're wow. providing support to you. Yeah. Isn't that incredible? Uh, yeah. 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 Now remind our, our, our viewers, you, you were 23 years old the last time we met a year ago. So this is what happens. <laughs> yeah. And that's kind of Lord. Now I've got gray kind of in my beard and nine children. This is the time yeah. COVID time warp thing that takes yeah. place. <laughs> so Josh, what's new uh, in your ministry since we last talked? What do you, what are you seeing? Yeah, well, we're having a lot of fun, but there's the 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 grind that COVID has taken on folks uh, has had a silver lining to it that is we've appreciated, and that is it has created some space for some folks to do some reflection, and it has brought some things to a head that were not bad enough to force taking action before, but we're undermining people's joy and effectiveness in the work that they're doing. And COVID just kind of tossed things up in such a way 
that it brought things to a head and created some space where folks begin to kind of look at some of these things and go, could it be different? And, uh, you know, where am I going from here? How do I reset? And what does my ministry look like post-COVID? And the relationship stressors that came from kids kind of being out of school and homeschooling and the pressures of trying to figure out how to reinvent church during a COVID age Mm -hmm. just kind of really brought things to a head, which on the surface is uncomfortable it's unpleasant. Nobody's like, could I have some more pain place? <laughs> but it but it forced action in a way that has allowed a lot of families to address some some things that are now equipping and empowering them to really thrive as they're coming out of this yeah. COVID era because they've dealt with these things in a way that's effective and helping them. Yeah. That's what, that's one of the questions that seems to come up a lot in, in pastoring is that, you know, if God is real and if God is good, then why am I in pain? And yeah. that's, that's been our answer is well, pain, pain is almost, I know it's painful. I'm not undermining that, but mm-hmm. it's a gift from God that tells us something's wrong and, mm-hmm. and maybe even tells us where it's located. Yes. So then we can maybe take it a step farther and do something about it. So yes. I, I put my hand on a stove and there's no pain. It's actually, it's actually not merciful to not have pain. It's, it's merciful that I have pain involved in it. Yeah. So as you look, Josh, at the, the, the leadership landscape, what, what is the, uh, oh, I, I, you know, give us, give us almost like a report card. How are leaders doing with their mental and emotional health? Are we doing better post-COVID or pre-COVID or mid-COVID or what, what, what you, what's your observations on just the, the condition of, of leaders? Yeah, I think it flows just from the, the dialogue we just had that the pain of COVID, you know, really brought awareness and a place of um, being half and having to acknowledge some difficulties uh, in the advantage or the silver lining in that pain is, you know, folks are uh, being able to talk about the struggles, mm. you know, the, the dialogue, the conversation has been opened up more that right. uh, mental health issues within our congregation as well within our ministry leadership team and staff and family become more open and we're we're gaining ground in dismantling the stigma that the enemy uses to keep people trapped and that is a huge advance and it really when we can address these things when we can talk about them we can identify them we can get help for them it frees people up to be able to engage the creativity that God's designed for them, particularly as we're going into this new post-COVID season, right? And right. people are beginning to dream again and think about what what's gonna what God what is God gonna do in our community and use us to to bless the kingdom. So if I'm if I'm hearing what you're saying is that COVID, uh, I mean, God's able to take all things and work them together for our good. Would you say that 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 has been one of the things you observed in leaders yeah. through COVID is we're we may be better off, we which are alive and remain, we may be better off for having been through it. Yeah, that's the miracle that God works, right? That he brings beauty out of ashes and kind of turns things upside down. And what the enemy meant to destroy us, he uses to catalyze something in us that empowers us and blesses us and blesses his kingdom. And we're seeing that. You know, Josh, you said you used the word stigma. Uh, uh, in answering Jim's Jim's question, um, what 
you know, I'm so grateful to hear that that's happening. Uh, yeah. By the way, um, if if someone's listening or watching today, a leader, and and they want to join that that cause of destigmatizing anxiety and and depression and other uh, mental health issues. What would you say to them? You know, like uh, what what can they do? How how can they start um, this most important conversation? And I think it's not. I'm not just thinking about it for their own good, but for the good of their congregation as well. Can can you speak to that a little bit? Yes, absolutely. So the starting place for it starts with uh, the individual, the person, right? The pastor, the leader, the staff person that you've got to kind of work through the anxiety, stigma, shame that the enemy has uh, kind of laid on you because he's laid it on all of us in terms of these uh, issues. It's just a, a scheme of the enemy that we can identify and know and see at play universally as he uses shame to kind of keep us trapped. And so it starts with you being able to recognize the reality of that and to what extent that plays a role in your own experience. And the beginning place with that is beginning to be able to talk about the real struggles of your life and your situation with safe people in your world. You know, that you would have individuals, that you would have other folks that you can be real with about the struggles in your marriage, the difficulties, how hard it is being a parent and the difficulties and stressors and anxieties. And, you know, Paul talks about in Second Corinthians and you know, of uh, the season of ministry that he was in feeling crushed, you yeah. know, yeah. to the point of despairing life. Yeah. Right? yeah. All of us in ministry have those seasons of feeling crushed to the point that we despair even life. You know, we're like, I, I don't, I, I just want to go home to Jesus. I don't want to do this. Anymore. Right. But being able to talk about that with people who are safe and close to you, then frees you up, helps melt away the shame mm. in a way that enables you to broaden that circle a little bit. And you don't need to, you know, like post on Facebook every <laughs> the depth of every struggle that you face as a leader. You know that right. that's yeah. generally not that helpful. But there is a need to be able to uh, normalize the struggles that are common to men. And when you can, from the pulpit, from the classroom, from the podcast, from whatever platform that God has given you, through the power of your own testimony, and kind of share the human struggle that you experience because you're a human too and being able to go man these are things that have been really hard for me and things that i've had to lean on the body <clears throat> of support in. and if counseling has been a part of that journey being able to name that and say i'm thankful that god has put counselors in the body of christ and you know i've had the advantage yeah. of being able to benefit from that if people find it powerful when they find out that me, the leader of a counseling organization and, and a therapist in our team, and I talk about my therapist and the work that I do and how great that's been for Cassie and I, and you're like, what, what, you're a therapist and you have a therapist? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's a powerful way we break through those schemes of the enemy and help yeah. to normalize it, destigmatize it. Is the, is the people that we're leading look to us as someone that they respect uh, and can, you know, in, in that, the way the enemy 
works that cause us to think that our leaders are somehow uh, qualitatively different than us as human yeah. beings. They don't. And that isn't that funny though. I, I would never think that my doctor didn't have a doctor. I would never think that my teacher didn't have a teacher. I, I would. You know what I mean? Like it's so funny right. that. But a pastor couldn't have a you know a pastor. A, a counselor couldn't have a counselor. It's right. it's uh it's almost like we need to be these these unreal. Uh, fulfillments of the imagination and hopes and dreams of people's expectations, or yeah. we're failing them. And I, I think it's just the opposite. I think it's the guy that gets up there and says over and over again how he has it all together makes me kind of nervous compared totally. to the guy that gets up and says, "Man, I really struggled with this a year ago, or I was just dealing with this in my my thought pattern this week." Yeah. I, yeah. They just make everybody um, everybody's now safe to grow. We can receive know? from them, right? Yeah, yeah. There, there's yeah. a safety there that's like okay. There's a relatableness and a connectedness and uh, like, okay, you know, it's, it's what the scriptures talk about. Yes. Being able to go to a high priest and having a high priest that's able to relate to us that, yeah. that knows the struggles and pains and the difficulties that we face, you know, that there's a, a connection that's created there. And we as leaders are willing to be vulnerable and yeah. when we lead courageously and allow that vulnerability to be there, it gives others permission to do this. Permission. Yeah. That's the word I was going to say, permission. It's permission to be human. It's yes. permission to grow. It's permission to, to be on my way to being like Jesus, but not not perfected in that yet. Yes. It's, uh, can you imagine teaching a child to walk and every time they fell down, you told them how stupid they were? Right. You know what I mean? It, it, right. In an environment like that, we're trying to teach people to walk with Christ mm-hmm. and everybody's afraid to fall down. Well, if everybody's afraid to fall down, nobody's even trying to walk. They're, right, they're just right. trying they're not to trying fall down. To walk, and they're pretending, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. They're pretending yeah. that they're they're walking and running and skipping and jumping yeah. when really they're not at all. They're not. Yeah. Hmm. Wow, that, that that is so good. I Josh, thank you for, for really pushing up on that with us. I, I'm concerned, you know, that there are more people in our congregations who are suffering with anxiety and depression than we really know. For sure, and that um, about it, and mm-hmm. and so uh, I I could almost guarantee if uh, when I speak on that subject in front of a church that I would say probably forty percent of the congregation would say I'm there, I'm yes, I, I, I and it I, I'm not staggered by that anymore. I mm-hmm. used to be staggered by that, like it was I I, I thought I was in the, uh, in the a rare breed having dealt with this, and the truth is is that. The people that our pastors are leading are are really really struggling uh, with these. I call them evil twins: anxiety and depression. Mm-hmm. And um, and so we want to encourage you all and challenge you to uh, to talk about it. And if you and I would just say this: if you don't feel like you are uh, informed enough to do that, boy, there's all kinds of great information that we can help you find. Uh, totally. And put you. We want to do that. Yeah. There's lots of different resources out there, but certainly my counselor online is a resource for folks that, you know, we work with our partners, you know, the churches and sending organizations that, you know, could become a partner with us to resource them, Mm -hmm. you know, in sermon series and helping them, you know, May is mental health awareness month coming up here. Mm -hmm. And so we're creating, um, material that can be used in uh, announcements and that can be used on Facebook and different places to, to get that message out there, but also to serve as a Q&A place just for pastors going, hey, how do I 
navigate Hastings Church. I'm happy to jump on a call and and support them in, in any way that we can. And so, Josh, as we, as we wrap up today in a minute, well, we're going to wrap up because we're, I can't believe we've already been talking for almost 20 minutes. Um, uh, I want, I, we're going to give you an opportunity to share where people can reach out to you again uh, at the end here. But I wanted to ask you one more question, or actually two more questions. Go uh, for one, one, will you join us for another episode? Because <laughs> we've got more stuff we want to talk about. I'd love to love hanging out with you guys. And I just get so excited in the things that we talk about. So, okay. Here's a second question. This is the last one I'd like us to dig into with uh, pod 131 here. And that is this, I, I believe that, and I could be wrong. I'm not a therapist, but I think, I think that prevention is easier than cure when it comes to anxiety and depression. And it's a lot of a lot less expensive. From your perspective, what are some of the core building blocks of preventive self-care for leaders? Wow, goodness, we could have led with that one and taken the whole time walking through it. I'll have some bullet points here and there. We'll kind of move through it quick. You know, there's, the, there's the basic bio pieces, right, that are recognizing as uh, embodied souls that God gave us a body that has real needs that we have to give attention to by God's design. And if we deny that, we try to pretend like those boundaries don't exist. Uh, we break ourselves against God's principles. We don't break God's principles. You know, if you leap off the roof of a building, gravity will win. And that it's, there's, doesn't matter whether you acknowledge it, believe in it, or, you know, don't like it, it will you will hit the pavement at the end and the reality that our body needs rest right? God designed it that way. You know, yeah. you can't deny Sabbath in uh, getting, giving your body the adequate sleep and the adequate rest and break that it needs and, and stay healthy and stay strong because God designed it to need that. Didn't have to, he could have designed us to not have those needs, but he chose to. And we, um, do harm to ourselves when we don't acknowledge those realities. Same thing with diet, exercise, kind of the basic kind of physiological self-care, mm -hmm. you know, living with the reality of our bodies. But there's also a relational component to that. Yeah. It's not good for man to be alone. And that's not just a plug for marriage or being in a, um, you know, a romantic relationship. That's great and wonderful. But God designed us to be in community and connection with others. And we have got to have a small group of people that we're neither responsible for nor accountable to that we can just be real with in the good, bad, and ugly of our life. Josh, and, can I just stop you there real quick? Yeah. What you just said, yeah. I don't think I've ever heard before. I don't think I have either. Yeah. A small group that you're not responsible for. I've heard that, but I haven't heard that second part. Yeah. One that you're not accountable to. Can you, can mm -hmm. I, I think that's important. Totally. Uh, that seems important totally. to me. Can you, can you really embellish that a little bit for yeah. us? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not, it's not a, a dip on uh, accountability. I think mm -hmm. it's great for us to hold ourselves accountable to, but I'm talking about uh, authorities, 
none, right? That okay. uh, having a group of people that's not your boss, you know, that yeah. you're yeah. Or not, if you're a staff pastor, you know, the senior pastor who's your boss, who signs your checks and kind of determines whether you're employed or not, is not the safest person for you to talk through the hardest things that you're struggling through yeah. in a moment. You know, you want to pick something that's mm-hmm. like a, uh, you know, one to five at a, on your scale instead of a, you know, seven to 10 when you're being vulnerable in those settings because you hedge. Uh, you need people whom, uh, you know, if you're a missionary on the field, it's uh, somebody who's a missionary in the field from a different sending organization, mm. right? That you're not, they're not on your team and they're not your boss, but they're working in the same space. If you're a pastor in a community, it's the pastor in a church from a different brand down the street that you can engage that's facing some of the same struggles that you are and that, but you're not responsible for them and not responsible to them. You can just be real in your life that we have to have those folks in our life that we can be gut level real with the good, bad and ugly in a way that allows us to not carry those things alone. Because when we carry those burdens, we carry those struggles alone, it messes us up. You know, we're not designed to process those things alone. We have to bear one another's burdens and the body doesn't metabolize those stressors in life in isolation. So Mm. we can't work through them and be healthy if we're not doing it with others. So, there's lots that we could say more about it, but yeah. those are just some of the big yeah. pieces there. <clears throat> yeah. That's funny because I, I think the most healthy thing that I do for myself emotionally is go fishing with friends. We take a week yes. to go to Canada and, and that not accountable to, not responsible for. As soon as you said that, I thought my fishing buddies, my hunting buddies. Yes. There's, just, there's a camaraderie. There's a common loved activity. There's a brotherhood, but, but it doesn't care who cooks or who cleans. Somebody's going to cook. Somebody's going to clean. Someone's going to you know, find the fishing spot. It just, it's such yeah. a carefree, beautiful way to live. It's not reality, but sure. it really restores my soul to come back to reality mm-hmm. with friends. Yeah. yeah. It's not every day, but it is reality. Yeah. It's an incredibly yeah. important part of reality. And, yeah. and 99.9% of us need more of it. You know, yeah. <laughs> as reality is having that, you know, uh, if, if you have to do that one time a year, if you go, you know, to deer camp or you go up to Minnesota fishing, it's a wonderful time of refreshing, but you're not a camel, you know, right. this isn't, this isn't like, yeah. this is yeah. the reality of life is much more like a tomato plant in your garden than it is, uh, you know, like a, a camel or cactus that yeah. you can dump a hundred gallons of water on a tomato plant. And guess what? A couple of days later, it's going to need to be watered again because the, wa- yeah. the ground can only soak up so much right. at one time mm-hmm. and the rest speeds up and rolls off. And it needs those steady doses in order to be healthy and to thrive. And so it's qualitatively that just yeah. more and consistently throughout the course of okay. your year. I just want to make sure I got this right. I, I'm going to go to my wife and say, Dina, Dr. Josh says I need to go fishing at least two days a week. I'm writing the script healthy. right now. I'm writing the script. <laughs> Send the bill, brother. I'm, I just need to every dollar. <laughs> yes. Right on. Well, I, I wonder if we shouldn't leave the rest of the list for next week, John. Is that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, uh, Josh, I, I think by now people are saying, um, I'm, I, 
our heads are nodding. If our heads are nodding, that means people who are listening's heads are nodding too. And we want to continue this conversation, of course, next week, but maybe we want to continue a conversation with you. How would, how would people get in touch? You know, you're talking about a thousand families. Maybe we're not going to talk to you, but we've developed a trust. And if you trust them, we trust them. How do we get, take that next step into what you guys do there? Well, it's a great, trust is an important piece, right? And so yeah. one of the things that I want folks to know that are listening, they're thinking about, you know, where can I connect with somebody? You know, one of the things that my counselor online does and that, that Cassie and I have done is we built a team of folks that are not just independent contractors that we've contracted with and are spread out and each kind of do their own thing. But everybody on the My Counselor Online team is my employee. We've got a two-year residency that we train our counselors through. Mm-hmm. We have clinical supervisors that watch their, their work and provide feedback and coaching on them. So there's a high degree of consistency, quality, yeah. and accountability in the work. And so you can reach out to My Counselor Online. It's, that's the web address. You just plug it into your web browser, mycounselor.online, and can be able to connect with someone who's really able to help you figure out where to start. Because a lot of times that's the hard part, right? Like, okay, this yeah. all sounds good, Josh, but man, I got so many things going. Where do I even start with this? Just having a space in your week or month, you know, meeting once or twice a month with somebody to think about and talk about these kinds of things, yeah. create some accountability, create some structure, and really can uh, out of that flow the and have the support for the other changes in your life yeah. and schedule that that will really make the difference. Right on. I, I, I'm so happy to hear you say that because there's times I want to meet with different people in my life, counselor being one of them, where it's like, I, I don't have to do with this. So instead of getting all uptight and angry, you're like, oh, I'm meeting with my counselor in three days. Write the question down. Yes. Get back to living and, and then ask the question instead of saying, I have to answer this now. Yes. Uh, I can put it on hold. Yeah. It well, really is. So it's a powerful thing to have a container for self-care like that. Yes. And so yeah. I've got a designated place in my life where I have carved out space to get quiet, to have some right. reflective space with someone that can help me explore these things. Right on. Right on. Great. Well, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for your heart, your ministry. John, thank you for your wisdom to invite Josh to be a part of this and, you know, converge to some of the same things that, that, that Josh does. And I like that there's not this there's no competition. There's completion. There's yeah. there's a compliment, not a competition yes. that happens. And I I love that. It's a it's a good example of what the body of Christ can and should be. So thank you so much, gentlemen, for being uh, transparent with our, our listeners, our viewers today. And we hope that you will continue to uh, pursue your emotional, mental health. There's resources everywhere. People waiting to help you. And God bless you, our listeners, our watchers. We're praying for you as you continue to lead from a life.